Burrow made his mark during the Cincinnati Bengals' first scrimmage yesterday. Burrow threw 9 out of 10 for 101 yards and two touchdowns in his first two drives. The Houston Astros' eight-game winning streak was cut short last night as they fell to the San Diego Padres 4-3. The Astros and the Padres go at it again tonight in the second game of this three-game series. Make sure you turn that dial to 103.7 FM to catch the action live. 103.7 The Game is your home for Houston Astros baseball. From Acadiana Sports Station, 103.7 The Game and 1037thegame.com, this is Troy Brashear with your two-minute drill. Now, another incredible sports fun fact. Did you know the NCAA used to require football players to study during halftime of games? They're on double secret probation. It's true. And here's another amazing fun fact. If you miss our shows, you can listen to them by visiting the on-demand section at 1037thegame.com. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Live and local from the 1037 The Game Studios in Upper Lafayette. This is Acadiana's number one sports station, 1037 The Game. Streaming live at 1037thegame.com and on the free 1037 The Game mobile app. It's Saturday. time to take a walk on the wild side get your saturday started with an inside look under the dome with the world famous cd do you know who i am i don't know how to put this but i'm kind of a big deal on 1037 the game Hey, welcome everybody to Under the Dome with CD right here on Acadiana's number one sports station, 103.7 The Game. And we appreciate you listening in, however you're doing so, on this wonderful Saturday afternoon, be it through the free mobile app. You can check it out, iPhone and Android, just search 103.7 The Game. We also appreciate you listening in, I'd say, through the FM dial, of course. Smart speakers, Amazon, Echo, Google Home, however you're doing so, we appreciate the heck out of you because we got all kinds of great stuff coming up for you today on the program. Over the next two hours, we got nothing but great sports talk to get to. But, of course, we're coming to you live, as always, from the beautiful, palatial, and opulent 103.7 The Game Studios. Baby, we're looking good. Oh, we certainly are looking good on a Saturday afternoon. It's a really nice day right now, and obviously that could change the next couple days based off of everything going on out near the Gulf. And trust me, there's a lot of things going on in that area. But I got to say, it's going to be a fun show today. Going to have a couple guests on, a new guest of the program, Ryan Whitledge. If you wound up seeing the preview video, you realize I might have mispronounced the cat's name. But again, Ryan Whitledge is going to be joining the show, talk a little Portland Trail Blazers. And the Lakers game three tonight. Probably the most intriguing series out of all of them. And that's saying something considering the fact that I think Clippers, Mavericks, especially if Luka Doncic is actually near 100%, that could be an intriguing one to say the least. But enough about the NBA. For the time being, going to have Ross Jackson as well at 1230. He'll be joining the program. Talk a little bit about those New Orleans Saints. And there's going to be a whole lot of fun going on involving those New Orleans Saints because I think there's just so many different things we're going to get to. And I've also got a question for him that I'm going to probably pose to you here. And if you want to call in the Twin Peaks hotline, it'll be open. 
outside of 1130 and 1230. We'll have the Twin Peaks hotline wide open, 337-706-0111, 337-706-0111. And it's this. Outside of the Super Bowl, and I probably would throw in the 2019 NFC title game. Which, or excuse me, what game would you most want to watch over and over and over again? And which game would you much prefer never to see again and pretty much have that game wiped from the history books and the archives over in Canton, Ohio? I've got my thoughts. I'll save those for a little bit later on in the show. But that's definitely something we can kind of get to throughout this program today. But, you know, this is the Saturday sports talk show that everybody loves to listen to. So why not let me talk to you about what's causing all this on a Saturday afternoon with the Saturday Sports Sermon. The famous CD is on his soapbox to start your Saturday. It's time for your Saturday Sports Sermon. I have been waiting to do this for a good while. It's been a conversation that I've heard off and on at least once a year. This gets brought up, and I'm glad that a day like today... On Saturday, August 22nd, I'm able to do so. And that is to talk about a conversation that's been raging off and on for a long time. And the San Diego Padres sparked that conversation earlier this week against, of course, the Texas Rangers. Because the Texas Rangers absolutely suck. And the San Diego Padres are absolutely red hot. The Astros learned that last night, as you heard in the two-minute drill. But I have to say, the biggest gripe I have are the unwritten rules people. The unwritten rules of baseball, people. The people that want to hold that up as the gold standard for sports and the way the MLB should be. The unwritten rules of baseball. We all know what they are. I'll get to that in a little bit. But these people are yelling into an echo chamber. People who want to hear that. Meanwhile, the majority of people want to see the bat flips. The moments like we saw the other night when Fernando Tatis Jr. didn't take the pitch. On a 3-0 count, may have not seen the signal. Who knows? But he didn't take that pitch on a 3-0 count. Didn't take the walk. Then again, he had that thing barreled up and mashed it out. Making it a grand salami. One of four they hit over four consecutive days. That alone is more than enough to make me happy to see a guy like that open up this conversation once again and really stamp home how much he does not give a damn about these unwritten rules. I'll get to that in a minute. But it's time for the MLB and just the old school, I'm going to call them the boomer fans of baseball, to stop hiding behind that tired old shield of the unwritten rules of baseball. Don't break up a no-hitter. Don't steal third when you're up by a good amount. Don't pimp a home run. Don't hit a grand slam on a 3-0 count. Same, it's one of those things that it just absolutely frustrates me. Is the league is in the shape it's in for a lot of different reasons, but I think it's largely because the players feel like they have an obligation to treat this like it's a gentleman's game. Same with golf to a certain extent, because I love the happy Gilmore-type moments. The fist pumps of Tiger Woods. Give me some energy for a sport that's largely on life support. For perspective, I'm going to go a little inside baseball here for a moment. I went to YouTube, and I was looking for, gen- for na- general national reaction for the big boys of the world of sports, namely the four-letter network. And 
also looked at CBS Sports. There was hardly any real video proof of them talking about that. Every video that they had on their YouTube channel, mind you, it's going to get a lot of clicks. And that is the NBA playoffs. I hardly saw anything from the greenies of the world and everything in between talking about the San Diego Padres. Fernando Tatis Jr. kind of saying, screw the rules. I'm going to do what I want and bring the heat. I'm willing to take it. I have to say, you know, baseball for the most part, if you're from certain regions, you aren't going to be all in on the show. You're not going to be all in on the conversation of baseball. Just think about it. It hasn't moved the meter much because the only time it really does is that they're sitting on their duff and complaining about the negotiations of playing a shotgun season like we saw for much of April, May, and June. We sat there for months seeing nobody do anything. And now we get this. And people are complaining about it. People are complaining about the fact that, oh, no, somebody's hitting a grand slam on a 3-0 count. Oh, no, the same guy the next night stole third. I don't even give a damn if he was out. It was the best thing I saw this week in the MLB. And that's saying something. Consider the fact that I saw the Astros on a win streak. Miles Straw stirring the drink, leading them to a win in a midday game that was 0-0 through nine innings. Baseball sometimes can be a boring sport. Don't get me wrong. But when you have more moments like that, where players are pimping home runs left and right, that's way more, and I mean way more, entertaining than seeing some dude just jaunts around the bases like nothing happened. Like if I hit a home run, and mind you, I've never hit a home run in my life, probably never going to in my life, I'd be pimping that bad boy and having myself one hell of a celebration, a one-man partay. That's where I'm at on this whole thing. I am sick and tired of the perspective of the average Joe fan who wants to hide behind that old tired shield. I've talked about it a lot in terms of pro wrestling. The word kayfabe. The word kayfabe is dead. Because you look at the way things are, everybody knows it's a work. We all know how things are in other cultures. Go look at like Pan American baseball. See stuff like that. Central America, I'd say a lot of those leagues you see those guys celebrate you see that their side of the culture and once those guys start to integrate themselves a lot more into the league and you look at the way that league's kind of evened out that's the way it is and i love the fact that they're doing this i absolutely love the fact that we're seeing fans get amped up and get the conversation going about how it's time for the unwritten rules of baseball to go away and it's all for the greater good of the sport. The old MLBers, the old, as I call them, the boomer baseball fans, they need to step aside and be on the right side of history when it comes to it. You can't stand in the way of progress when it comes to the greater good of baseball. I talked about it a while back. If the season wasn't going to happen, there was no way the MLB was going to recover. They were going to continue to be mired in the mediocrity that a guy like Rob Manfred, it's a lot of M's there, Rob Manfred, the Miami Marlins, all those guys helped build a bunch of mediocrity and being behind the NBA and the NFL in terms of popularity, relatively speaking, of course. But I can say that with utmost confidence that the old school way of thinking is just that. It's old school. It's time to kind of say... Bye-bye. Adios, amigo. 
to the old way and let the leaders of the new school come on over and show you how it's done. The MLB and the old way of thinking, it can't be in 2020 for me. There's no way that you can have the MLB say, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be celebrating. You don't pimp a home run. You don't do these things. There's a bunch of pieces of advice that we hear. Don't spin on the wind. Don't tug on Superman's cape. Don't play cards with a guy whose last name is Estate. I think another rule should be in there, and it's a piece of advice for all of you. Forget about the rules of baseball. These unwritten rules. Obviously, the rules that are there are great, but these rules that aren't in the code of conduct, if you will, of the MLB. Obviously, don't bet on baseball is the biggest one that's on there. It's on the door. Don't bet on the game of baseball. We're sitting here in 2020, and I'm sick and tired of these unwritten rules. You don't hear about unwritten rules in the NBA. You don't hear about unwritten rules in the NFL. You sure as hell don't hear hear about them in the NHL. They allow people to fight in that league. Why do we continue to hear about the unwritten rules? A bunch of softies, a bunch of boomer baseball fans continuing to try and rain into the parade that the future baseball fans of the world, like me, like maybe your kids, maybe grandkids, you want to be able to have those kids root for baseball instead of just basically saying, hey, baseball is an old old people sport. I'm going to move on with my life and go ahead and, and root for football, basketball. I know Lewis, who just left the studio, is kind of already giving up on baseball. He's the whole Tom Brenneman situation. That's a whole different conversation entirely, and he deserves to be fired and no longer be in his place of employment. But I am tired of the people saying, oh, no, he can't do these things. It's against the rules. But there's nothing in there that says, oh, hey, you can outright. You can't outright do that. That's what's upsetting to me. But that was your Saturday Sports Sermon on just absolutely great way to start off. Another rant, another opportunity to be on the soapbox. And, again, we got Ryan Whitledge. He'll be joining the program at ten at 11.30. Again, I've been doing the show from 10 a.m. to noon for over a year. And then starting this month, about three weeks in, I am still four weeks in, excuse me, because my Saturday, August 1st was the first show. So for the fourth week, I'm still trying to get used to 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. So 11.30, we're going to have on Ryan Witte or should I say Ryan Whitledge, at the Witty Ryan on Twitter. And I have to give him credit for the butchering of his last name on Lack of Caffeine. If you saw the preview video we have up on the Twitter, at Clint Doming, C-L-I-N-T-D-O-M-I-N-G-U-E. And, yes, my beard is a little bit long, but guess what? I like it that way, and let's just say the ladies do dig it. And then Ross Jackson, locked on Saints, Canal Street Chronicles. We talked to him about the Saints and a whole lot more at 1230. We're going to go ahead and take a quick timeout. And when we come back, we got a whole heck of a lot more show to go. And up next, we'll talk about the Raging Cajuns. Their schedule got finalized earlier this week with two new games. I give me up. They'll give you my thoughts on that and a whole lot more. You're listening to Under the Dome with CD. The Twin Peaks Hotline is open, my friends. 337-706-0111.
Hey, Houdat Nation, this is Drew Brees, and you're listening to Acadiana Sports Station 1037 The Game and 1037thegame.com. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me, but I'm the lucky one even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest price. Prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General States pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. With the real estate market evolving, realtors stand ready to help. Realtors are an expert voice of reason in changing times, and they're working in new ways to guide you through virtual showings and safe closings, to be your ally in the fight for mortgage relief, to understand a neighborhood the way no algorithm can. That's the role of a realtor. This is a real estate season like no other, and realtors are ready. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. CD may be considered world famous, but he still goes out and eats a shrimp po' boy just like the rest of us. Just don't talk to him while he's eating. Lay off me, I'm starving. Now back to Under the Dome on 1037 The Game, Acadiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD on Acadiana Sports Station, 103.7 The Game and 103.7thegame.com. The Twin Peaks hotline is open, 337-706-0111. Going to talk a little Louisiana Raging Cajuns. The schedule got dropped last week. The finalized schedule is now out. I'll talk about that. But if you have some thoughts about their season and what it holds for, of course, you know, obviously if there is a full 11-game season, which I have to say, I can give the Cajuns like an A++ for being able to pull off what they did. Because you think about it, just a few weeks ago, there was just two games that you were missing, Mizzou and Wyoming. Well, excuse me, you had Mizzou. And then you add, then you replaced that game, relatively speaking, of course, after Wyoming kind of pulled out because Mountain West said they were going to push the season to the spring. And they booked 
Iowa State for that Week 2 matchup, September 12th. And then all of a sudden, you lose the other two games in New Mexico State and McNeese, like bang, bang, like almost the, like the same day within like 10 minutes of each other. You lost both those games. So now you had to kind of play a little catch-up and figure out what you were going to do with the season opener. And they basically said, hey, we're going to go ahead and punt the season opener, focus on Iowa State being our game plan starting on September 12th. Just a few short weeks away, the Cajun season will be starting. And then they added two games. One of those is a lot more interesting than the other. UAB. You added UAB on October 23rd. That's a Friday night. A Friday night matchup. UAB. And again, I think this all, a lot of it, has to do with the fact that, you know, I have to say, that's my big thing. I am absolutely all for, you know, the statement that the Cajuns are trying to make. And I have the fact that this is all set up largely because of the fact that you've got UAB, you know, that's a Conference USA game. And that could very well be a game that gets a big rating, I would say, because college football, they need to fill those spots if you're the four-letter network. And I think this is going to be one of those games that's probably going to be on the deuce or maybe even the main one because, again, look at what the rest of college football is doing. Yet a bunch of major Power 5 and Group of 5 conferences pulling out. Mountain West is a prime example. Those typically do play on Friday nights. Those are typically your Friday night delights. So I wouldn't be surprised if UAB and the Cajuns is going to be a primetime matchup on the four-letter network. Again, we don't know what times because obviously we don't know what's going to happen between now and September 12th. Obviously, you look at UL Monroe, that's definitely a prime case. And then you also got Central Arkansas, a Southland Conference team, because, again, you wound up losing McNeese State, so I think you wound up getting, at least relatively speaking, you know, relative to what McNeese is and what Central Arkansas is, I think they're able to make do with the schedule. It's an 11-game schedule. I saw this on Twitter yesterday. This came from our Twitter at 1037 the game. You could follow us over there. And we're definitely growing a lot of a lot bigger of a following base as of late. So make sure you check that out. When you get the chance, there's a lot of things that are really worth talking about when it comes to this. But I saw this poll question pop up. I'm going to have to kind of dig for it a little bit because I don't remember exactly when it was posted. Okay, so this is the first cup weekly poll question. Are the Cajuns being too aggressive with their schedule? You know, and I'm really interested to see what you think about it. And right now it's 75-25. No, I don't think they're being too aggressive with the schedule. I'd agree with that statement. Because if you were going to basically book a schedule, considering the fact you had to basically kind of shotgun two game, three games in there, excuse me, and you weren't able to get that fourth, this is perfect because UAB is a at least winnable game, and it's a better tier opponent than you had in Wyoming, at least in my mind. Wyoming was a pretty decent team last year, beat Mizzou in the season opener, and that was, that was fun to see that on the CBS Sports Network. But, you know, I'd rather see something like this be a primetime matchup, and Cajuns UAB having that is absolutely huge. And then you add the Central Arkansas contest, on November 21st, senior night. One of the big things I've noticed with the Cajuns over the years, and mind you, since Napier's take, taken over, I think that's changed a good bit. But usually senior night can be a case of senioritis. Having a FCS team, the team's going to wind up getting their tail, whip, tail whipped in this one on November 21st. 
before they close out the season against UL Monroe. But right here, right now, I would say, you know, the 10-win season, 10-1, and one, is a lofty task. It's a lofty kind of thing to vault over and and stick the landing. Because you got Iowa State, a team that's more likely than not going to be in top 25, a very decently sized top 25 once the AP poll comes out. Because obviously that's you're waiting to see what that's going to hold. Because now you got to rearrange your top 25. And I want to mention this last week. Iowa State was projected as a number 18 in this newfound top 25. You've also got another top 25 team in App State. Let's be honest. App State was very close towards getting that in the original Anway Coaches Bowl. Before you saw the ACC, the, excuse me, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and all the other like group of five conferences decide to pull out besides CUSA, Sunbelt, and the AAC. But getting those two games alone, that's the two top 25 teams on your schedule. That's going to look really great in the power ratings. But again, I think 9-2 and two is the bar you're going to have to jump over. 9-2 and two is that bar that you're going to have to jump over, and it's going to be tough. I'll admit it. It is going to be damn tough to jump over that bar and get to 9-1 and one or even, you know, or excuse me, 9-2. and two. Yeah, 9-2 and two I think is where they're at. I'm, I'm thinking the SEC schedule. But 9-2 and two I think is where the Cajuns are at. 10-1 and one is lofty expectations because you have to knock off either Iowa State or App State. 11-0, you do that, you can very well find yourself in a New Year's Six Bowl, Daddy, and that would be great. But again, you haven't been able to prove yourself against App State and all the appearance, all the matches you've had against them, be it at home or at the Rock in Boone, North Carolina. It's been an uphill climb for that program. I'm wondering if that continues on October 7th when these two teams face off at week number four. So for me, I got to go with a 9-2 and two record overall in this 11-game schedule, which I think is feasible. Because think about it. You've got Iowa State on the road in Ames, Iowa, on September 12th. Not necessarily as cold as it would be, let's say, mid-October, early November. As it would have been if you were playing Mizzou when you were originally scheduled to. And then you got a pair of games against the Georgia programs. Georgia State, you know, they can be very, they're very middling team. Georgia Southern is a, is has been a win in the past. Who knows what the team's going to look like? Are they continue? Are they going to continue to use the triple option? To me, I think that's still a winnable ball game. Coastal Carolina, they've got to leave a new head coach. There's a lot of ch- changes and questions about them. So that's a win. UAB that could very well be your trap game of all trap games. UAB, I think UAB could be a winnable game, but trust me, this non-conference matchup ain't no cupcake. Because UAB's been able to do some really good things since they shut down the program and it resurrected like The Undertaker. Then you have Texas State, Arkansas State, South Alabama. You can very well be going like 2-1, and 3-0. and Arkansas State, the momentum's going towards the cages. That's the fact that it's going to be at Cajun Field on a Thursday night. I got to give the edge to the Cajuns here in this fierce rivalry. South Alabama, that's a win. They've been consistently inconsistent for years. Texas State has been the bottom dweller, the the F-tier of Sunbelt Conference, Central Arkansas, that's a win. ULM, if they're able to make it through the season, obviously if we're all able to make it through this college football season in the sense of 
day the season actually does reach its desired conclusion. So for me, again, I think 9-2 and two is where I'm at. 11-0 and 0 is lofty expectations. That's what we're always talking about, expectations. I think before the season, I had them 11-1, and 10-2. Lo and behold, we wound up losing a game, and I still think they get two losses. And I think a lot of it has – and now it's a lot more because of the fact you're playing a really good team in Iowa State versus a team in Mizzou that you could – you keyword could beat very handily. You could beat a team very handily by, in terms of Mizzou. Mizzou's a very middling team, and I think Eli Drinkwitz doesn't have the talents that he had at at App State before he jumped over to Mizzou. That's going to be an uphill climb for him and the rest of this program going forward. So I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen this season for the Cajuns. I'm sure you are as well. But when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about those Portland Trailblazers ahead of game number three for those Blazers against the Los Angeles Lakers. Probably the most intriguing series in the first round of the NBA playoffs, at least in my mind. It's probably the most entertaining one on paper. So we'll talk about that and so much more on Acadiana Sports Station, 1037 The Game, 1037thegame.com with Ryan Whitledge. Right here on 1037 The Game, 1037thegame.com. You listen to Under the Dome with CD. You're listening to 1037 The Game. We pulled out money to buy you a thank you gift, but there's not much you can do with 34 cents. The Bay Area police have their fair share of unique cases. He's a pipe in his head. DA's going to love that. They love body parts in the freezer. So when they need help solving the city's most complicated crimes... Mr. Van Rankin, we'd like permission to search your pie. There's only one man that can make sense of it all. I'm summing up the case here. Monk. Thursday, starting at 10 a.m. on KDCG Channel 50.2, Cox 9, LUS 22, Charter 11, Allen 8, and Sudden Link 10. With the real estate market evolving, realtors stand ready to help. Realtors are an expert voice of reason in changing times, and they're working in new ways to guide you through virtual showings and safe closings, to be your ally in the fight for mortgage relief, to understand a neighborhood the way no algorithm can. That's the role of a realtor. This is a real estate season like no other, and realtors are ready. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. Announcing the all-new Bailey Cigar Room in Derek Plaza, Karen Crow. Bailey's is my 12-year-old German short hair pointer, so she's been with me for 12 years. She enjoys every smoke that I smoke on the patio. She does not smoke herself, but she's definitely right by my side. Kind of what our mindset was when we looked into the business was to be as loyal to our customers as she was to us and is to us. Bailey's, more than a smoking experience, an extraordinary experience. Been to Mr. Gaddy's Pizza? It's a utopia for pizza lovers. Mr. Gaddy's Pizza is a buffet-style pizza restaurant with all-you-can-eat pizza and salad bar and all-you-can-eat spaghetti and dessert pizzas and Coke-freestyle machines with over 150 drink combinations. It's a pizza utopia! Even better, Mr. Gaddy's Pizza is kid-friendly with game rooms for the kids where they can win prizes. And Mr. Gaddy's is a great place to have birthday parties. Or Mr. Gaddy's can bring the party to you with their catering. Fresh ingredients, real cheese. There's even Dola's Pizza. Mr. Gaddy's in Crowley, Eunice, and Jennings. or online at gaddyspizza.com. It's pizza utopia! 
Liberty Mutual Insurance Company helps you customize your home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Unlike things you paid for you didn't need, like the Vacnado 2000. A Wi-Fi-connected vacuum that uploads Dust Bunny data to the cloud for real-time optimization. <laughs> Whatever that means. But really, it's just a very expensive doggy chew toy. With Liberty Mutual, get customized home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Here's what you missed on this morning's edition of RP3 and Company. What was that like to, to, to win the Super Bowl, hold, uh, hold that Lombardi trophy like you guys did there in Miami that night? Like you said, when you introduced me, it's, it's behind my name for the rest of my life. Nobody can take that from me. I am Roman Harper, a Super Bowl champion. And that's with me the rest of my life. I got to be a part of that. And so many others and my teammates, too. You are part of that, that special moment, and you get to take that with you for the rest of your life. Tune in weekday mornings from 6 to 9 for RP3 and Company here on 103.7 The Game. Most sports talk radio shows go up to 10 on the amp, but under the dome with CD goes one higher. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11. Now back to the show that brings the heat on Acadiana's Sports Station, 1037 The Game. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD on Acadiana Sports Station 103.7 The Game and 103.7thegame.com. And now we're going to kind of flip the conversation over from talking the unwritten rules of baseball, college football, to now talking a little bit of NBA Game 3. Lakers, Blazers tonight, probably the main event of all this this weekend in terms of NBA basketball because it's probably the most intriguing series to me. And to talk about it, we go over to the Twin Peaks hotline to talk with Ryan Whitledge, host of the Blazer Tag Podcast, also a Trailblazers writer for Off the Glass. Ryan, what's going on, man? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I am doing fantastic. Trust me, I've made sure to go to Jimmy Butler's Coffee French Press. I paid the $20, so I've got plenty of caffeine. I promise I won't butcher that name again. Oh, I'm used to it at this point in life. <laughs> oh, trust me, as somebody who has a name like Clint Doming, I have to... Kind of make sure people get it right. I've had people mispronounce my name many a time throughout this, like throughout 31 years of living. But I'm uh, first things first. You know how great has Damian Lillard been in the bubble? Obviously, he's the MVP of the bubble. But what can you say about his performance? What he's been able to do for this Trailblazers team? Well, at this point in time, I'm really not surprised by anything that Damian Lillard has done. I mean, he came in Rookie of the Year, and you know he's had knocks on him. Uh, everybody harped on his defense and and some of his decision-making, but he's one of those players where every criticism of his game, he comes back the next season and he's added a different level. And, you know, especially after that New Orleans series, uh, the Pelican sweep, uh, uh, getting, getting those hard traps and them kind of, you know, forcing him to make decisions. Uh, that's what inspired him to kind of start training his body to be able to, to shoot this deep ball a little better. So I'm his, his dedication to the game and his, uh, dedication to the craft and just him coming back every year and bringing a new aspect to his game and, and making opposing defenses have to figure out new ways to stop him is just next level. It, I mean, it, it sounds like a stupid high praise, but, but his kind of mentality of how he approaches a game and how he, he approaches learning really does remind me of, of that Kobe Bryant mama mentality. Oh, it's amazing to see what Dame Lillard's been able to do especially in the bubble. I mean, the dude was shooting shots pretty much from the logo, and it wasn't like, oh, hey, it was like a half-court heave. 
He literally shot that shot like it was a standard three, and he nailed it. It's like, why not make that a four-point shot? Go full-blown big three rock and jock with that kind of shot. Exactly. I mean, at this point in time, I'm just waiting for him to pull up from the opposing uh, you know, free throw line. Why not? He's, he's got the range. He could probably hit it. Him and Steph are the only two in the game that can do it. It's amazing to see what he, how he's been able to step his game up, especially as you brought it up. The way that series with the Pelicans a couple of years ago ended in a sweep, I think that's kind of motivated him to step his game up to another level. But just looking at the Blazers in that game one win, what was the biggest takeaway you had from that contest? And who wound up shining the most in your mind? Um, for me, that was that was that was a big use of Nurkic game. They really took advantage of him operating out of the out of that high post and kind of being that pivot point of the offense. And and when they work in that way, that opens up so much for them on the court. And um, that for me was the difference. I mean, I know he had a monster first quarter, and then I think he went for fifteen and sixteen in the first quarter or 15 points in the first quarter and only ended up with 21. But I mean, that's more of an adjustment that the Lakers had to make to, to account for how Nurk was operating. And, and that when they are able to spread the floor like that, that just opens up so much. So for me, use of Nurkic was the, uh, was the main player. Obviously Hassan Whiteside contributed a lot. He had that monster block at the, uh, at the end of the game, but yeah, use of Nurkic get in my mind gets the game ball for that. And looking at game two of this series that happened the other night, I think one of the big things, obviously, Dame Lillard injuring his finger. What was your immediate reaction when you saw him injure his finger, Ryan? Uh, I cried. I prayed to every god that I know of. Um, there was there was a lot of prayer. Uh, the way that he went off on the sideline and threw the towel, I figured it was worse than a dislocation. So that's one of those moments where you immediately get on your phone and you're just constantly refreshing your timeline because you need that update and to find out what's going on. To find out it was just a dislocation, did not break the skin. They were able to easily put it back in, and there appears to be no major damage, and especially with it being on his non-shooting hand, massive sigh of relief for for all Blazer fans. Oh, it was a massive sigh of relief. It's probably a lot like the situation right now with the Mavs after last night where you see Luka Doncic roll his ankle, and it just looked absolutely brutal. Yet somehow, some way, he was able to get back out on the court for like two seconds. Yeah. Um, I mean, at, at this point, my my biggest thing coming into game three that, that I'm looking for is I kind of need to see a little bit more between the ears from the Blazers. I did not necessarily see that much of a of, of focus or, and it sounds kind of asinine to say, but, you know, a level of caring that they needed to bring into that. They L.A. played very poorly in game one, and so you knew that the Lakers were going to come out and give it their best shot. Obviously, you know, LeBron's, you know, a little bit older. He's, he's been fighting off a groin injury. Anthony Davis is is the thing that will win them this series. And so for A.D. to come out and just completely take over and, you know, the Blazers to just kind of seem like they didn't necessarily care or put in that much effort, that was the most shocking thing to me. One of the things I'm also most excited about is I don't think we've seen either team's best game yet. It's definitely true for the Blazers. but So I'm hoping that we uh, we get two heavyweights throwing some haymakers tonight. Talking now with Ryan Whitledge of the Blazer Tag Podcast. And, you know, one of the big things that I've just thought about heading into the series, you know, the fact that they were an eighth seed when you look at the Portland Trail Blazers, they certainly haven't played like an eight seed in this series. You know, heading into it against the Lakers, what were your expectations for this one? 
my expectations, I mean, for one, anytime a, a Portland Trailblazers team plays a Los Angeles Lakers team, you bring out all the old hate, all the old rivalry. It's been 20 years. We still carry the memory of the 2000 playoffs. So uh, my expectations were, I mean, as you said, they're not a traditional A seed. I, this is more of a, like a 1-4 matchup in a typical season. But I was curious to see if Damian Lillard would be able to keep up his uh, scorching scoring pace that he had set during his bubble MVP run uh, and kind of see how Carmelo Anthony would approach this game. I mean, these are these are two guys, him and LeBron, that have you know been friends since high school when they played played together and I, I kind of wanted to see how those two would be going at each other. Um, Mello's been a bit of a disappointment so far in that regard, but I mean, he also hit that clutch three in game one, but yeah, th- those are probably my two big storylines that I, that I was looking forward to is just how, how much Damian Lillard would go off and uh, what kind of Carmelo Anthony we'd get going up against his uh, banana boat buddy, LeBron James. You brought up Mello, and I think it's really cool. The fact that he's had, and you know, I'm not necessarily the biggest Mello fan, but you got to respect the fact that he's been able to turn it around and be able to try and get at least one more like playoff run and after all those years of being part of the Knicks and part of a fairly mediocre Nuggets team for the most part, where he wasn't able to quite get over that hump, it's great to see him back in it after it felt like he was going to be out of the league forever, just a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, and I was uh, I I will fully admit that I was completely wrong on Mello. I was on I was driving the anti Mello train, and uh, I have since had to try to find out his address to send him all the fruit baskets and <laughs> bottles of wine humanly possible to apologize for my uh, apparently stupid and idiotic takes about him being unable to change his his style of play and and uh, and become a team team basketball player. And I I have to it's just great to see Carmelo Anthony really have an opportunity to get it done. But we you bring up the fact that the Blazers aren't a traditional eight seed in that sense. But heading heading into the bubble, that's really what I've been wondering about is like heading into the bubble, what was the overall vibe in Portland about this team? Because they still they had to kind of work really hard to get towards that eight seed that, that the Grizzlies were holding. Yeah, a lot a lot of Portland looked at it. They were three and a half games behind the Memphis Grizzlies and there, there was a giant contingent out here that believed that, you know, that three and a half game lead was insurmountable. They figured, you know, the Blazers needed to go six and two, but you probably would get a five and three, maybe a four and four. I don't think anybody expected Memphis to lay the egg that they did. So there, there wasn't much hope. We figured they might be able to squeak their way into that nine seed, but even then having to go in and win two games with a, you know, a team that hadn't really shown much, you know, obviously due to injuries, um, in the regular season there, it was just kind of one of those, you know, this will, at least we get to watch some more Blazers basketball for now. And, you know, fingers crossed that we get to watch it a lot longer, but most of us out here, we're just expecting, you know, to see eight or nine games. Thoughts on the presentation of the NBA, the way they had that virtual crowd. Cause I think that's probably like the NBA is handling it the right way. While we see with the MLB, it's highly questionable, but I think the way the NBA is doing it, it works. Yeah, I really haven't noticed that much of a difference in, in watching any of these games. Uh, I, my one complaint is, can they please make the virtual fans smaller or at least make them the same size? Because you'll have someone very far away from their camera and someone who all you see is his eyes and forehead. 
<laughs> if there's any way that they can possibly fix that, I, I would be happy. But other than that, yeah, the overall presentation and, and just the NBA's handling of this entire situation, especially when you want to compare it to college football or or, or MLB and, and their struggles, you know, and, and the NFL getting ready to ramp up, and they'll probably hit, hit some speed bumps. But, yeah, the NBA has just been absolutely flawless in how they've been able to pull off this restart. And I want to kind of get a little bit more towards the Pelicans, obviously, and get a neutral third party in all this. Obviously, we here at Acadiana Sports Ace, we're all trying to figure out who could be the next head coach. But in your mind, if you were running the Pels, who would you want to have as their next head coach after the firing of Alvin Gentry just a week ago? Ooh, that's that's rough because, I mean, I, in all honesty um, – this may, I don't think he'll get another coaching shot, but I, I kind of think with the young core that they have, you, you, it would maybe help to have an extremely disciplined coach. So uh, maybe going looking at a uh, Jim Boylan, you know, I know he doesn't necessarily have the most stellar reputation uh, uh, at the moment, but you know, a little bit defensive minded Pelicans uh, is from what I've been able to see. That's kind of a little more where they hang their hat. But just kind of to instill a, a little more discipline in 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 that young team and kind of bring them along. Um, other than that, I would probably also look at a completely new maybe a strength and conditioning staff possibly because uh, we all saw at least out here the pictures of Zion Williamson entering in the bubble and we're just like, oh my gosh, this dude is ripped. This dude got it together, and that is not necessarily the Zion that any of us saw on the floor. Yeah, he he looked out of shape. He looked a step slow. Um, and just not necessarily physically up to the task of you know playing in some of these NBA games. All right, you brought up you brought up Boylan, the former Bulls head coach. I think for me, it's got to be Kenny Atkinson in my mind. Am I am I taking crazy pills with that one? No, no, he he's somebody too. I guess if you want to give another a new up and comer, if you maybe want to give some some fresh blood, and this also comes from a uh, um, uh, a Portland perspective, but uh, a Vanderpool. You know, he just got hired or the, he got stolen away from us by uh, Minnesota uh, this past offseason. But he is somebody who was very instrumental to the development of especially Dame and TJ up here in Portland and, and bringing those guys along. I mean, he was basically their right-hand man. Damn near everywhere Dame went, he he followed along with. So that also be a guy that I would be interested and be rooting for to uh, to kind of get the chance to take a head coaching role. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on, my man. We'll talk to you down the road, and I'm um, rooting for the Blazers in Game 3. I would love to see the Lakers get booted out in the first round just to see what happens next with LeBron James because you know he is just going to be like big mad if they lose the series. Yeah, and AD is not under contract for next year, so if the wheels fall off this off this Lakers train, uh, it'd be interesting to see if AD is willing to re-sign and, uh, and stick it out. Thanks again, Ryan, for coming on. All right, thanks for having me. All right, that was Ryan Whitledge. You can follow him on Twitter at the Witty W H I T T Y Ryan on Twitter. Also check out the Blazer Tag Podcast. It is pretty darn good as a semi Blazers fan because I'm a, I'm kind of a a jump all like bandwagon jumper, if you will. I still root for the Pels, but I think I'm interested to see what the future is going to be for the New War for the for the Blazers with Dame Lillard really leading the pack here. All right, we're going to come back. we got one more break before we wrap up the hour, and we'll wrap up the hour like we always do with Hit the Bricks. We'll do that next. You're listening to Acadiana Sports Station, 1037 The Game, 1037thegame.com.
Look, you've tuned in. So that means you like what you're hearing. Now, take it one step further and be a 1037 The Game Station insider. That means you'll know all the juicy stuff. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. 1037 The Game. Acadiana's Sports Station. Hi, this is Ben Love. Talking sports on 1037 The Game is a passion of mine. Still, it's what I do with the rest of my day that's the most fulfilling. I lead a sales staff of the most dedicated, genuine people in Acadiana, and together we help our local business neighbors. We do it with ideas, and we do it using our Delta Media group of radio, TV, and digital assets. We're proud to reach and serve the most diverse audiences in Acadiana, including our local urban and Hispanic communities. What we do is fun, it's challenging, and it's definitely not a job. It's a career. I'm looking for a few more members to join our team. So if you're an idea person, a math person, a creative person, maybe a mixture of them all, I want you to apply. There's no ceiling on what you can create or what you can earn. Visit DeltaMediaCorp.com and click Job Openings. Or call Sinead at 337-886-4669. That's 337-886-4669. Delta Media Corporation is an equal opportunity employer. Chilling out on a hot summer afternoon, up next from Piggly Wiggly. With temperatures getting pretty close to triple digits and the humidity near high gazillion, the perfect way to cool off a summer afternoon is with an ice cream bar. That's kind of like a salad bar, but with good stuff. First, you contribute the vanilla ice cream and then have your guests bring a couple of toppers, like crushed cookies or nuts or dried fruits, candy pieces, sweet cereals, even homemade preserves. I mean, there's no limit to the possibilities. I personally like Sour Patch Kids. For more great ideas, visit GoToThePig.com. Ever wonder what 88 cents will buy you? Well, at Piggly Wiggly, it'll buy you a lot. This week, fryer drumsticks and thighs, 88 cents a pound. Fresh whole Boston butt fork roast in the twin pack, 88 cents a pound. And extra large green bell peppers, two for 88 cents. At Piggly Wiggly in Scott, Opelousas, Rain, Church Point, and Cecilia. Prices good through August 25th. With the real estate market evolving, realtors stand ready to help. Realtors are an expert voice of reason in changing times, and they're working in new ways to guide you through virtual showings and safe closings, to be your ally in the fight for mortgage relief, to understand a neighborhood the way no algorithm can. That's the role of a realtor. This is a real estate season like no other, and realtors are ready. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. COVID-19 has been a game changer for all of us here in Acadiana. And even though we're beginning to get back to some sort of normalcy, we still need to step up our game and continue flattening the curve. If you are experiencing a fever, cough, fatigue, or troubled breathing and think you have COVID-19, make sure to stay at home and contact your health care provider as soon as possible. We know this won't be easy, but with your help, Acadiana, we can beat this together. So let's step up and keep flattening the curve. We've got this, Acadiana. Under the Dome with CD is a show for all the degenerates out there. You make your rules and we will break them. Let's get back to the famous CD who will break it all down for us. Welcome back under the dome with CD on Acadiana Sports Station 1037 The Game and 1037 thegamecom wrapping up hour number 1 in style. Appreciate you listening in, listening in, I should say. However you're doing so be it through 
the free mobile app, 1037thegame.com, the free mobile app for iPhone and Android, and also, let's say, through our, our smart speakers, Alexa, Google Home, what have you, a lot of different ways to kind of get to. But we got to say, I'm just absolutely loving the fact that this week's show, we, we're going to continue the tradition that we've been doing over the last few weeks, that is telling certain things in the world of sports, or just in general, because I've got a lot of things that I'm not a fan of as of late, but we're going to do that the right way with Hit the Bricks. There's a lot of things that frustrates the famous CD on a daily basis. I got a lot of problems with you people. Let's let the man breathe and tell you what needs to hit the bricks. Oh, we got a lot of things that can hit the bricks right now, but the first one for me at least is got to be preempting regularly scheduled programming. Hit the bricks, pal. For me, it's a more of a personal issue that I have. It's something I probably have a big gripe about in general is how preempted programming. Let's say a few weeks ago, you had the PGA Championship, and it was on the West Coast. And that thing didn't end until about like 7, 8 o'clock at night. And it's on CBS. So you have to run 60 minutes, and then you run your primetime programming. So you're just waiting till like 9, 10 o'clock to watch whatever show you like to watch on that night. It's frustrating. And now it's hit pro wrestling. Typically on Wednesdays, you got Dynamite and NXT. I usually DVR both of them and watch them later. Because I'm usually here at 7 o'clock when the show starts. So for me, and this is also just a gripe in general for me today, is like after the NBA playoffs are done with TNT, they're going to go to Dynamite. But who knows when that's going to be because the game could very well go in overtime. The way the playoffs win the NHL, you never know how things are going to go. So... And add the fact you got takeover going on that night as well. So a lot of wrestling going on. So it's definitely a bit of an opportunity to say hit the bricks preempted programming. Hit the bricks, pal. Figure out a way to make it right. But you know, it is what it is. Absolutely love that conversation of like, oh, hey, what what's kind of you're making you upset? Well, one of those is Mark Jackson. Absolutely hit the bricks, pal. can hit the bricks. Because, well, it's Mark Jackson, the guy who I don't want to be the head coach of the Pelicans or anywhere near an NBA franchise. But George Carl largely just absolutely demolished him on Twitter, and justifiably so for the fact he not that he's not that good of a coach, especially as an assistant coach. And he left, and then the Warriors became a franchise. What you know who won the pony? So at the end of the day, Mark Jackson can absolutely hit the bricks. Pal. Hit the bricks, Jose Altuve haters. Guess what? Hit the bricks, pal. You can absolutely hit the bricks. Complaining about him. Altuve finally hit above 500 for the first time since late July. And he had a decent night against the Padres going 2 of 4. He started to turn it around in my mind. Third straight hit, multi-hit game. So that's good. So honestly, the haters of Jose Altuve can hit the bricks. Hit the bricks, pal. Another thing that can absolutely hit the bricks and kick rocks is a man named Earl Thomas. Hit the bricks, pal. He was out there sent home Friday after a fiery on-field argument with safety Chuck Clark. The incident was sparked by a missed assignment during practice, according to reports. That Thomas should have escalated things as much as he did, at least it's my perspective. And again, we're talking about practice here, pal, and you are out there berating a teammate for missing an assignment. You know, it's, it's fine to kind of tell him, hey, why'd you miss that assignment? You know, and talk to him about what, what he should be doing going forward to make sure the situation's better. But at the end of the day, we continue to see Earl Thomas be a Melvin, and he's very well could be hitting the bricks. Hit the bricks, pal. That's about all I got here with this week's Hit the Bricks segment, where I just sound off on all the 
stuff that has frustrated me. And trust me, there's a lot more that I could have talked about, but I am not. Hour two coming up in just a little bit. And we got a great one for you to start off the 12 o'clock hour. We're going to look at the SEC schedule, go around it to see what I think about each of their schedules that were released earlier this week. And more importantly, I'm going to get down to brass tacks about what LSU schedule is going to look like. Also, 12:30, Ross Jackson, Locked On Saints podcast, Canal Street Chronicles. We'll talk to him about those Saints. Sheldon Rankin's out there deadlifting 700 pounds. Are you kidding me? That's nuts. We'll talk about that and more next on 1037 The Game and 1037thegame.com. Carpet Mills Outlet in Karen Crow is open for business and ready to help you. Still a family-owned company after 45 years, Carpet Mills Outlet looks forward to the next 45 years helping you build and remodel your home. Shop Carpet Mills Outlet in Karen Crow in 2020 and thank me for the rest of your lifetime. Support our local community and shop certified South Louisiana. Time for your sports update. Here's your 1037 The Game two-minute drill. Happy Saturday, Acadiana. In case you missed it, the NCAA Board of Governors approved a blanket waiver which will provide an extra year of eligibility for 2020 fall athletes. This may pose as an issue for athletic departments as some programs are struggling with budgets and they may not be able to spend extra on scholarships. Yesterday, the Saints wrapped up day four of training camp, and there's a lot to hope for and look forward to this season. It's starting to seem that the 2020 first-round pick, Cesar Ruiz, will be at right guard, and second-year Eric McCoy will remain at center. Coach Payton said before camp that they would alternate, but that is yet to happen. Coach may be impressed with what he's seeing with the young offensive line. The defense has also stepped up after day four. There were a lot of deflected passes from Janoris Jenkins, C.D. Deuce, Patrick Robinson, Justin Hardy, and even defensive tackle Jalen Dalton. Even Drew Brees with a solid offensive line wasn't saved from sacks by Cam Jordan, Demario Davis, and 2019 undrafted free agent Carl Granderson. Continuing with NFL news, 2020 Heisman Trophy winner, Heisman winner Joe Burrow made his mark during the Cincinnati Bengals' first scrimmage yesterday. Burrow threw 9 out of 10 for 101 yards and two touchdowns in his first two drives. The Houston Astros' eight-game winning streak was cut short last night as they fell to the San Diego Padres 4-3. The Astros and the Padres go at it again tonight in the second game of this three-game series. Make sure you turn that dial to 103.7 FM to catch the action live. 1037 The Game is your home for Houston Astros baseball. From Acadiana Sports Station, 1037 The Game and 1037thegame.com, this is Troy Brashear with your two-minute drill. You can do it when you're in the TSA line. You can do it when you're in the grocery checkout line. You can do it when you're in a conga line. No matter where you are or what you're doing, you can listen to our live stream. Just tune us in on the free 1037 The Game radio app. Available in your app store. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Live and local from the 1037 The Game Studios in Upper Lafayette. This is Acadiana's number one sports station, 1037 The Game. Streaming live at 1037thegame.com and on the free 1037 The Game mobile app. It's Saturday. It's Saturday. 
to take a walk on the wild side. Get your Saturday started with an inside look under the dome with the world famous CD. Do you know who I am? I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. On 1037, the game. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to hour number two of two of Under the Dome with CD on Acadiana's number one sports station. 1037 The Game, 1037thegame.com is how you can listen to us as well or through that free mobile app. The Tower of Power, too sweet to be sour, is the FM dial, the free mobile app, iPhone, Android. Get it in. Yo, life, if you don't have it already, it's free to download it doesn't take up much space for you you trust me it's definitely worth it to have 1037 the game wherever you go smart speakers amazon echo google home we got a lot of different ways to listen to us of course you're hearing this voice live as always from the palatial opulent dare i say you know positively wonderful 1037 the game studios baby we're looking good and the Twin Peaks hotline is 337-706-0111. 337-706-0111. Looks like I've got somebody on that Twin Peaks hotline to start up our number two. Let's see who it is. Hello, you're on Under the Dome. Yes, uh, how you doing? I'm doing good. What's going on? Um, not too much. Uh, I have a quick comment, man. I heard your, your segment, um, Bricks or something. Hit the um, Bricks. <laughs> Hit the bricks, and I heard you mention uh, Mark Jackson with the whole uh, George Carl thing. Yeah. And, and you and you said you said George Carl dismantled Mark Jackson. He eviscerated he him on Twitter, brother. Not really. You, you didn't. You didn't mention uh, Mark Jackson reply, which I, I think was even was even more damaging than what George Carl did. Um, so so throw that out there. I hadn't necessarily seen his response. Oh, okay. Uh, he basically said, "Well." He said, first of all, I wasn't even thinking about you. Like, you didn't even cross my mind. And besides, I never lost to you as a coach or player it's, <laughs> in the it, playoffs. So, hey, you know, George Carr, I guess he was uh, – I guess he took defense to it, um, to what uh, Mark Jackson said. Well, like Mark Jackson said, I, he wasn't even thinking about you. And he, just, he was just talking to just. And and, uh, and like Mark Jackson said, I never lost to you in the playoffs. <laughs> coach or uh, – and that's real, coach or uh, as a player. And uh, like I said, I understand some people don't like Mark Jackson for, for for whatever reasons, and some of those reasons are valid. You know, I understand that. But I've never seen a man that we just take shots at constantly. Uh, and uh, and the crazy thing about it, you know, I'm not into religion. That's not my thing. But a lot of people are. And what what you have to can you answer the question for me? What does a person who's religion and they have certain beliefs and they follow those beliefs? How how? How can he manage through that, you know? And I, I know some people are going to say he's hypocritical, but when you look at all religions, all these religions are hypocritical. You know, they contradict themselves. And that's all I have to add uh, to your show, and I'm going to keep listening. Thank all right, you. I appreciate that you listening, my man. For me, it's like I get where you're coming from, but for me, I, I'm not going to – I try not to get into that part of the thing, of the conversation, because it's just not not my place. And I have the fact – like, I with Mark Jackson, it's more about his coaching ability – for me, I think he is going to be that great. If he becomes a head coach of the Pelicans, that is going to be a bad idea just from Jump Street. I'm just saying. I think it's going to be an uphill climb and a struggle to see what happens there. But, again, you know, I'm just sitting here, you know, 
like wondering like that that was an interesting call though. Appreciate it getting the call up. Three three seven seven zero six zero one one one. And now I'm gonna get into some stuff about the SEC, the schedule that came out earlier this week. And trust me, it's interesting to see how this thing turned out for a lot of programs across the SEC. Namely, let's just go in alphabetical order. Why not? Except for LSU. LSU is going to have its own segment because I've got a lot of thoughts about what their potential is for 2020 in this truncated season. So for me, Alabama, it's a book ended by cupcakes kind of schedule. Iron Bowl doesn't end the regular season, which is a big surprise. Just looking at particularly at Alabama, they open up the season against Missouri. Congratulations, Eli Drinkwitz. You go from App State to playing Alabama week one with Mizzou in your home stadium. And then Alabama closes out the season with Arkansas. In between all that, you had a really interesting start to the season where you very well could go 3-0, and and then you go up against a potentially really good Georgia team in a week four. And then they play Tennessee on the 24th, which is a surprise to me, and then they play Mississippi State before that open day because you just had to have that open day before the LSU game. And then they wrap up Kentucky, the Iron Bowl, on November 28th and December 5th against Arkansas. Be fun to see what that ha- what happens with them. Speaking of Arkansas, good luck. Is they have a slog of a schedule. They open up against Georgia at Mississippi State and at Auburn. I think Miss you could that very well sounds just 0 3 as all get it. You play Ole Miss week 4 before the open date, but you wrap up the season LSU Mizzou and Alabama, Pabon 2020 schedule for Arkansas. Good luck. God bless to the new head coach, Sam Pittman. You are probably going to go, at best, probably like 2-8 and eight in this schedule, at least in my mind. Then you look at Auburn. It's very much the same as Alabama. No surprise there. The Tigers, War Eagle, Plainsman do have a little bit of a precarious schedule because you're playing Georgia the second game of the season, and the penultimate game, Alabama LSU, is right in the bleeping middle of this thing. So for them, they've got every chance to really get some padded wins because you go Kentucky, you host Kentucky, you host Arkansas, you host Tennessee, which has a lot of hype surrounding them, but you never see them live up to that potential when you talk about the Vols. There's a lot of hype around them, but who knows if they're going to even get to that point with Jamie Pruden crew. Then you look at Florida. They've got a relatively easy schedule for the most part. The only tough games they're going to have is LSU and Georgia. They can very well go 8-2 and two in this one. Like They can go 8-2 and two here based off the schedule alone where they open up against Ole Miss, they play South Carolina your first two weeks. That, those are cupcake games in my book, and I think Florida's going to roll here. And it's going to make the SEC East a lot more interesting when you bring up Georgia, who's speaking of which, has a little bit of a toughy schedule just looking up and down it. First four weeks, Arkansas, Auburn, Tennessee, Alabama. Arkansas's a win, Tennessee's a win, Auburn, Alabama, very well coin flips. I'd probably say more a win over Auburn than a win over Alabama. Then it sets up the big game in Florida against Jacksonville that pretty much can determine what's going to happen with the SEC East. Because it still feels like it's a two-horse race, but Florida-Georgia on November 7th is going to have all of I, all of the eyes emojis on this one on Saturday, November the 7th. Kentucky, 
Kentucky, good luck as well. The good luck got blessed with them. They've got Auburn to start the season. You, then you've got Ole Miss you're hosting for two games. Ole Miss and Mississippi State, you're hosting both Mississippi teams then. And then you've got Georgia right in the middle of the season. And you've got to basically run through that slog until like November 7th is when your open date is. Then you close out Vandy, Alabama, Florida, South Carolina. That's a tough schedule. That's a tough road to hoe for a Kentucky program that's definitely – been in a weird place in, in recent years, but Mark Stoops still somehow, some way has a job. We'll save LSU for a little bit. Old Miss going to be open up against Florida. They play Alabama in the third game. Auburn a week, two weeks before the open date when you go to Vanderbilt. Who boy. That's a tough schedule. I mean, they got some decent add-ins because they've got Vandy, they've got Arkansas, they've got Kentucky. you got South Carolina as well. Those are your Right here, right now. That looks like a really easy schedule. It's a feasible schedule. Outside of Florida, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, outside of your typical powers, you have a chance to wind up getting a really solid record for the first year for the lane train over in Oxford. Meanwhile, Stark Vegas, the pirate, opens up right at the gates with LSU. He's going to have a very rough first year. I think they wind up doing a lot better than, like, Five and five. I think they could very well go like six and four, but I feel like five and five is definitely in the cards because again, you've got Arkansas and Vanderbilt, two jobbers. You got those kind of sprinkled in there, but you also have games against Georgia. You got games against the Egg Bowl is always going to be tough. November twenty eighth, you're after the season against Mizzou. Out, you got Alabama. You've got Texas A and M, who could very well still have an interesting year. They're probably still going to suck, but still. Then you've got the Mizzou Tigers. Good luck, God bless, to him, uh, the good man that is Eli Drinkwitz. Alabama, Tennessee, LSU, your first three weeks. That's an 0-3 record in my book because Tennessee has a lot of hype. I think against a team like Mizzou in week two, they're going to get their asses handed to them. Then they have Vanderbilt, which could be a win. And then you got Florida, Kentucky, open date, Georgia, South Carolina, Arkansas, Mississippi State. That is probably a three-win record at best for Eli Drinkwitz and crew. Unless he somehow, some way, is able to turn this Mizzou team into a power, which then could probably cause an investigation and then some about him. But that is going to be a big, like, bad season for Mizzou. And again, it's just going to be an uphill climb for Eli Drinkwitz. And I'm sure he is regretting going to Mizzou and trying to call App State to be like, "Hey, can I can I just have my old job back, buddy? Old buddy, old pal?" They're like, "Nope." South Carolina's got a I a middling schedule. It's they've got obviously your tough, tough uh, East opponents in, let's see, Florida and Georgia, but you've also got LSU and Auburn sprinkled in there. I'd probably say South Carolina goes a little bit below five hundred, four and six on this schedule right here, right now, just based off the eyeball test, which is really all we can really go off of, considering the fact that that practices are largely just kind of closed off at this point. Tennessee schedule, it's favorable to wind up probably getting like seven wins. Seven and like seven and three, six and four is kind of where I think they're at. The losses, Georgia, Alabama. You're probably gonna lose to Auburn and Florida. So six and four right there. I'd probably throw a coin flip with Auburn because you don't know like depending on the year, Auburn could be really good or really bad and Gus Malzahn's in the hot seat. It just changes at any given moment. If you watch that program, 
play, you know that's to be true. And then Texas A&M, the good old Aggies, have a pretty cupcake schedule to start off with Vanderbilt, and then they play Alabama, and then they play Florida, and then they play Mississippi State before an open date. The second half of their schedule is where the fun is because they've got Arkansas, South Carolina, Tennessee. All three games could be very winnable. And then you play Ole Miss, which I'd say could be a coin flip because I think Lane Kiffin, especially at that point in the season, could have some momentum rolling. Now are they going to wind up being one of the power, like creeping up on the SEC West Titans of LSU and Alabama? I don't think so. That's definitely not my like thought on that. But you also have LSU and Auburn those last two games. So for me, it's probably going to be a six and four or five and five season for Jimbo, and they don't fire him for that. They give him one more year, and if he's not able to step his game up, they kick his ass out the door. Fast as you can say, I'm a ag. Then I'm a Vanderbilt wrapping it up in the SEC. Another good luck, God bless. You've got LSU, and you've also got Florida and Georgia all in the same schedule. Ha, huh, Vanderbilt, you know, and I, I like Vandy. Vandy's always been a really fun baseball team. They're, they're baseball fan, on the other hand, and the Whistler can kind of hit the bricks. I think he'll continue to be in that conversation. But Vandy, very much a team that's going to wind up having a very rough year, and I hope Vandy football is able to realize that just kind of move on to 2021. I'm sure if the Vandy had a real vote in this, a real skin in the game, they'd probably be saying, hey, let's let's not play here in 2020. Let's not play in 2020. Let's move on because we are going to have a very hard time being able to put together a solid schedule. But speaking of schedules, I'll get to LSUs in just a little bit before we get Ross Jackson on at 1230. But first, we got to take a quick timeout, so we'll get to that and a whole lot more. You're listening to Under the Dome with CD on Acadiana Sports Station, 103.7 The Game at 103.7thegame.com. This is Raging Cajun football coach Billy Napier, and you're listening to Acadiana Sports Station, 103.7 The Game and 103.7thegame.com. This summer, not many are ready to fly. That means more road trips than ever. Please, come see us. Get your tires and your vehicles in shape. We'll send you on your way to that much-needed vacation. Doing nice things for people and the cars they drive. We're Delta World Tire. Have you heard? Proactive Plus is faster and better than ever. Stay tuned for a million-bottle giveaway, and you'll also receive free shipping. Do you have troubled skin, acne? Well, we have great news. With Proactive Plus, your acne can heal, and you can help prevent new breakouts from happening. Don't miss this limited-time offer. Give us a call at 800-531-5691 because we're going to let a million people try Proactive Plus risk-free and get two free gifts and also receive free shipping when you call right now. You heard it. This offer won't last long. So call Proactive Plus now and you'll receive a 60-day risk-free trial of Proactive Plus, two free extras, and free shipping. Call 800-531-5691. This is our exclusive radio offer, never on TV. 
Get your risk-free 60-day trial of Proactive Plus with free shipping. That's right, free shipping. Don't wait. Call 800-531-5691. That's 800-531-5691. Dreaming of buying your first home? What's the first step in getting a home loan? What type of assistance is available? At the Louisiana Housing Corporation, we have answers. Our mission is to help you make the most of your investment with down payment assistance, low interest rates, and tax credits. Attend one of our homebuyer education classes to learn about affordable solutions for Louisiana homebuyers. Let us help you make your dream of homeownership a reality. Contact Louisiana Housing Corporation today. Sponsored by the Louisiana Housing Corporation. With the real estate market evolving, realtors stand ready to help. Realtors are an expert voice of reason in changing times, and they're working in new ways to guide you through virtual showings and safe closings, to be your ally in the fight for mortgage relief, to understand a neighborhood the way no algorithm can. That's the role of a realtor. This is a real estate season like no other, and realtors are ready. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. Do you show up to parties looking like your mom addressed you? Mom! Let's be real for a minute. You're a grown man. Or what counts for a grown man these days. It's time for you to upgrade your wardrobe, courtesy of 1037 The Game, Acadiana's sports station. Sign up today at the Clubhouse Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com for your chance to be outfitted with free station swag. So leave those sweater vests and cardigans in your closet. Dress yourself like a man and get your free 1037 The Game swag today. The numbers don't lie, because when you listen to Under the Dome with CD, your knowledge of sports increases by 141 and two-thirds percent. And they spell disaster for you as sacrifice. Now, let's get back to the genetic freak of sports talk on Acadiana's Sports Station, 1037, The Game. Welcome back to Under the Dome at CD on Acadiana Sports Station, 1037 The Game, 1037 thegamecom Coming to you live from the 1037 The Game studios. The Twin Peaks hotline is open, 337-706-0111. If you want to get in on the conversation concerning the LSU Tigers and what their 2020 season could look like, consider the fact that we know at this point in time what's causing all this in terms of the schedule. I think that's really where I'm just going to go with that. It's all about what the schedule looks like right here, right now, and considering the fact that we are going to have a 2020 season, as considering the fact that we could have the 10-game schedule finish out and see where they land. And I'm just going to go ahead and run these down one by one. Mississippi State, you open up the season at Tiger Stadium. Who knows what kind of capacity, if any. I Personally, I mentioned this with George Fouts yesterday. I would not be surprised if we see LSU not have fans in stands, at least for the beginning of the year, first two or three home games. Because I wouldn't be surprised if we're still in phase two with the governor. That's not a political statement. It's just the way I am seeing it from my from my POV and the way things have gone with my JBE at the helm of all this. Again, I could be completely wrong here, and I hope I am. But I think that's going to be where we're at come September 26th when the season opens. Then you play Vanderbilt, Mizzou, Florida, South Carolina, Auburn, Alabama, Arkansas, A&M, and Ole Miss. On paper, this is probably a 9-1, and 10-0 season. It's all about that Alabama game for me. Because, again, Alabama has made LSU their 
censored for radio when it comes down to it. They have pretty much taken them to task inside Death Valley. Yes, they finally got the monkey off their back in terms of beating Alabama last year. But mind you, they've played really well in Bryant-Denny Stadium for some reason. But at Tiger Stadium, LSU's been shut out as of late. They've basically had their offense hogtied and haven't been able to do a darn thing. Now we get Alabama at home after that open date. I still think that Alabama game is extremely tough. Florida is your only other really like tough ball game to determine. Because I think Ole Miss, to wrap up the year, I think that's probably very winnable as long as everybody stays healthy. And more importantly, you get to that point. The sense of hypotheticals, I think we see 9-1. 10-0 is definitely on the table. You just, you're just going to have to play really well in Gainesville. Miles Brennan's going to play extremely well in that. That's going to be week four. And the only other road game you're going to have is at Vanderbilt. And Vandy, you know, the last time they played at Vandy, ironically, it was like the first week of October, and they wound up just absolutely housing them early on. And I think a lot of that had to do with just Joe Burrow being Joe Burrow. Miles Brennan doesn't need to be Joe Burrow. Miles Brennan needs to be the best Miles Brennan he can be to be able to get them back to that promised land of being in Atlanta and then potentially the college football playoff. Now, if the LSU Tigers don't get to the SEC title game in Atlanta, that's the real question that I think we need to have and a conversation we need to have. If LSU does not make it to Atlanta in the SEC title game this year, was this season a failure? Even if you go 9-1, and 8-2 and two at the absolute worst, because I think that's where your where your floor is. You've got a very good floor, a very high ceiling, and somewhere in the middle might be where they actually are nine and one. And Alabama goes to Atlanta. Is this a failed season in your mind? Three three seven seven zero six zero one one one. If Alabama, if LSU does not beat Alabama this year, and they don't make it back to the, the SEC title game after the magical year they had, do you think this is a wasted season? I don't think so. I think there's so much room for improvement. And the fact that, you know, Miles Brennan, more likely than not, is going to be coming back the next year, and you'll have a lot better quarterback room to really create a huge competition amongst some of the best in the SEC and some of the best, I'd say, quarterback rooms in the entire country. For me, it's got to be a 9-1 season. You can beat Mississippi State relatively easily first game of the year with Mike Leach. And they've been game planning for him like crazy. They know what he did at Washington State. And they'll probably use the same thing over in Stark Vegas. Vandy, that's a win. Mizzou, Eli Drinkwitz is going to be drinking himself underneath the table after that one. Because Mizzou has had a hard time playing LSU. Mizzou was the first game Ed Ogeron had. And he absolutely stomped a mud hole and walked it dry. Then they play Florida at Gainesville. And I got to say, that is a tough one. That is a tough one. But I think LSU can pull it out. You're going to need a big performance from Derek Stingley Jr. Jamar Chase is going to have to catch every single football that comes his way. And then you got South Carolina, Will Muschamp, probably on the hottest seat of them all in the SEC. This is going to be a game that could determine his future, depending on how the beginning part of the season goes. But I think LSU wins this one handily. Then it's Auburn before the open date, a lot like what it was last year. All, the the whole storyline of Auburn and LSU being like, oh, hey, the home team's going to win every other year. Like, basically every other year, whoever's the home team wins isn't there anymore. 
LSU's pretty much controlled this series over the last several years. So for me, Auburn, that's a win. Heading into the update against Alabama at home. This is the coin flip of all coin flips for me. And I really don't know which way I want to lean here. Because it is so tough to say LSU beats Bama with Miles Brennan. With all the things that happened to them in the offseason. With 14 players getting drafted and countless others transferring out or being done with their collegiate careers. This is going to be a very interesting year for LSU Alabama because add the fact that I'm not sure about Mac Jones. Mac Jones is probably the one player on Alabama's roster, the most important player on the team, that I'm not sure he can do what needs to be done to get them to that point. Some because of the fact that I I think, first of all, Mac Jones just doesn't feel like a true like successor to Tua Tungavilloa. You're going to see probably a good bit of run game from Alabama, trying to just salt away the clock as much as possible for much of the season, especially in this ball game. A lot like what they did when they had a guy like your boy Derrick Henry, now a Tennessee Titan, a few years ago, especially that last drive they had against LSU-Alabama. I believe that was 2016. Because Alabama just housed them in that one. Then they are at Arkansas. It's a win. It's going to be the bounce-back game. We know they are just going to whip that tail end over in Fayetteville. Then you wrap up the season against Texas A&M and Ole Miss. I think you wind up winning both of those games. And I think Ole Miss, you win that one handily. And Lane Kiffin's wondering what happened at the end of the year. Texas A&M is a trap game. Like, yeah, it's the end of the season. But if you lose that one and you're 8-2, you are definitely on the outskirts. I'm getting a text through um, uh, the, the personal text line. Let me pull this up from our from our guy, RP3, post of RP3 and company listening in. Appreciate the, appreciate the boss man listening in. Mac Jones will be Jake Coker light. I can definitely get with that statement wholeheartedly right there. He is going to be Jake Coker light. But for me, LSU, it's the order of the day, 9-1 and one or 8-2 and two for LSU, and you probably are going to be finishing second in the SEC West. 10-0 and 0 is definitely on the table, but the realist in me says 9-1, Because of the fact you got Florida, you don't know what Texas A&M has, is capable of. In my mind, they're going to be on an NFL climb, and next year Jimbo Fisher's going to be on the hottest of seats. But again, you're playing, you have Auburn. You don't know what kind of Auburn team is going to show up from year to year. You don't know what kind of team is going to show up with Texas A&M. Those two are trap games in my book. Florida. We know Florida definitely can cause a lot of hell and cause a whole bunch of ruckus. We've seen them do it. A couple years ago, they wound up whipping up on LSU and making them look like Jamokes. And then we see things change, and LSU's able to just destroy every other team. Miles Brennan, I mentioned before, Miles Brennan doesn't need to be Joe Burrow light, as RP3 mentioned, Jay Coker light. I think Miles Brennan just needs to do the bare minimum in my book to be able to be considered a solid quarterback for LSU. Here's the thing. He's got another year left on top of this. He's, after all, he's going to be a senior next year. He's going to wind up rolling in 2021. 2020 in this short, truncated season where you don't even know if you're going to have a college football playoff because of the fact you only have three power five, three power five conferences 
actually participating in this? Are they going to let the group of five have a seat at the table? We'll see on that conversation. But for me, LSU 9-1, and 8-2. and we go ahead and take a quick timeout. When we come back, we're going to have on our guy Ross Jackson talk about what's going on involving the New Orleans Saints. Sheldon Rankins deadlifting 700 pounds. What? We'll talk about that next right here on Acadiana Sports Station, 103.7 The Game and 103.7 The Game.com. The game, the perfect way to forget your troubles, like bills, relatives, and that evidence the cops dug up in your backyard. One, two, one, two, three, go! Rock around the clock with me, TV. We're gonna rock, gonna rock around the clock tonight. First, rock around with the Stones. The Flintstones, that is. Bobby, it's going to be a wild night. Then, Richie and the Fonz keep rocking on Happy Days. <laughs> rock around the clock with the Flintstones and Happy Days. Weeknight starting at 5 on MeTV Acadiana. Check your local listings for the HD channel in your area. With the real estate market evolving, realtors stand ready to help. Realtors are an expert voice of reason in changing times, and they're working in new ways to guide you through virtual showings and safe closings, to be your ally in the fight for mortgage relief, to understand a neighborhood the way no algorithm can. That's the role of a realtor. This is a real estate season like no other, and realtors are ready. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. Have you heard? Proactive Plus is faster and better than ever. Stay tuned for a million bottle giveaway and you'll also receive free shipping. Do you have troubled skin? Acne? Well, we have great news. With Proactive Plus, your acne can heal and you can help prevent new breakouts from happening. Don't miss this limited time offer. Give us a call at 800-531-5691 because we're going to let a million people try Proactive Plus risk-free and get two free gifts and also receive free shipping when you call right now. You heard it. This offer won't last long. So call Proactive Plus now and you'll receive a 60-day risk-free trial of Proactive Plus, two free extras, and free shipping. Call 800-531-5691. This is our exclusive radio offer, never on TV. Get your risk-free 60-day trial of Proactive Plus with free shipping. That's right, free shipping. Don't wait. Call 800-531-5691. That's 800-531-5691. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a 5-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Missed out on the Jordy Holberg show? Here's what the blonde bomber said that got people talking. Mississippi State will come to Baton Rouge for the SEC opener. Not a bad, not a bad opener for, for LSU. Look, they gave the benefit to the more powerful teams to get them scheduled with the lesser opposition. The Jordy Holberg Show, weekday afternoons from 2 to 4 on 103.7 The Game, Acadiana's sports station. Under the Dome with CD is far from your ordinary sports talk show. I am 
the voice of the voiceless. What other show has more pop culture references than an episode of Family Guy? I just don't want to be involved in any of that mess. Now, back to the famous CD on 103.7 The Game, Acadiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on 103.7 The Game and 103.7thegame.com. And now we're going to get over to the Twin Peaks Hotline talk with our guy, Ross Jackson, Locked on Saints podcast, and more importantly, part of Canal Street Chronicles. You can read his words over there. You can hear him on the Locked on Saints podcast. More importantly, you can hear him over here on the Twin Peaks Hotline. Ross, what's going on, Migo? Hey, brother. Doing very well, man. Glad to be back here with you. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing well, all things considered, because of the fact we got two hurricanes that kind of a brewing right. in the Gulf right about now. So, you know, hopefully those two two things don't do the fusion dance. And then we're sitting here wondering what the hell happened. Is 2020 right now just being directed by M Night Shyamalan at this point? Yeah, for real. You don't need a you don't need a uh, uh, a hurricane go tanks out there, do you? <laughs> I, I I love the fact that you got the reference. First of all. Oh, of course, man. No, I grew up on Dragon Ball Z. Man. Uh, I love well, Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, same here, man. And that Dragon Ball GT can kind of go out the window, right? Yeah, we don't need all that. We don't need all that. <laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we don't talk about it here. But, you know, all right, so Sheldon Rankins, I think this is definitely the big thing that I noticed today from the press conferences. Mm-hmm. Sheldon Rankins out there deadlifting 700 pounds. Like, I, I hope nobody, like, realizes how – like, that dude's going to be a monster on the on the D-line this year. <laughs> And and just the casual nature with which he he mentions that yeah, he you know. not only seven hundred pounds, but he deadlifts seven hundred pounds multiple times. He said, and so it, it's just insane, especially for a guy coming off the type of you know the, the injuries that he's had uh, over his time with New Orleans. There's a lot of excitement generating around his explosion, the way that he's moving well so far, and now you add on top of that this just brute strength that he's also going to bring back to the position. There's a lot of reasons to be excited about his return. Oh, exactly. I'm looking forward to seeing how this is going to kind of work out for the Saints to be able to have him out there being an absolute monster. And, and I love the fact it's like he is absolutely great. Like at the press conferences, like I, and I think that that's also just been something I've noticed about him. But of course, I think everybody out there is wondering what's going on with Alvin Kamara and the contract talks that have been ongoing because I think that's definitely. One of the big questions, obviously, he seems he's okay after a knee injury that he was dealing with all last year. Now we could potentially see the old Alvin Kamara back. If he's out there putting up the kind of numbers that we saw last year, it feels like a no-brainer to sign to a big deal, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you, you should be happy, you know, with anything, fan, regardless of how you maybe feel about signing running backs and paying running backs. Be happy that you're hearing that the Saints and Alvin Kamara already uh, having those conversations and are, are embarking on those no- negotiations because what you want is the Saints and Alvin Kamara to be able to arrive on a contract that they negotiated themselves that is not dictated by, let's say, Dalvin Cook or Joe Mixon's contract in the market. You don't want anything yeah. about you know the Saints negotiations to be affected by or the floor of that negotiation to be affected by a different running back in their contract. So, you know, getting these negotiations in the way, you know, it, it's going to take some time. They're not close. And, you know, they're just now starting these negotiations. There's still some finite details that they have to sort of figure out about their own foundation in terms of where to start their conversation uh, before they can even get to the final, here's your, you know, four-year, $14 million per year contract, whatever it is that they land on. 
it's just one of those things where right now they're setting the foundation, sort of learning the vocabulary around what they're going to negotiate around, what the market looks like, coming to an agreement upon that, and then they'll be able to move forward. But it's good that they're they're getting this conversation started now so that they could potentially reach some type of a move here before Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon end up affecting the market. What do you think the magic number is for somebody like Alvin Kamara to be able to say, hey, this is the deal that I want to stick with because obviously we all know that running backs have a short shelf life in the NFL. What do you think is that magic number for him? Is it that four-year, $14 million that you just mentioned? I would think so. I mean, I mean, I think the magic number for him is, you know, four years, 16 and a half. <laughs> you know, he, Good point. He wants to probably be, he wants to probably be above, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey, but for the saints and for, for them and for the negotiations that are going on, I think that the sort of compromise, nice, happy medium is going to be somewhere between David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell, who are both getting paid around 13, $13.1 million. And then, the, the top end or ceiling being that $15, $16 million of Ezekiel Elliott and Christian McCaffrey. So somewhere in between there, which is pretty much that $14, $13.5 million area, I think would be uh, a nice spot for both player and team. All right, we were talking about fusion dances and the go tanks. <laughs> what do you think about the about the tamest fusion dance? Could that could that wind up being like the most like lethal combination of like a quarterback of all time? Well, it's an interesting thing, right? Like, if you put those two talents together and you get the big arm of uh, of Jameis Winston, you get the athletic ability and the speed of uh, of Taysom Hill, you have everything but, you know, the vision. <laughs> and I think that that's the only thing that you're missing so far with that. So if you could, you know, get them in there, fuse together, and then training with Drew Brees to sort of, you know, impact the fusion, you would have to make sure that you get Jameis post LASIK surgery, of course. Oh, of course. Uh, to make sure that the eyesight is there. You know what I mean? But certainly I think that, you know, you put together just the brute you know, there's the talent between the two of these players in terms of the physical talent. And then you train them up with a guy like Drew Brees who can sort of be the piccolo of the situation. I think that's a fantastic plan. All right. Now you have me interested, you know, all right. So <laughs> you we bring up Piccolo, we bring up all that stuff. So the the, the real question is who would be Krillin on the Saints roster right now? I knew, I knew it. I knew that was going to be the question. Oh, man. <laughs> Who's going to be the Krillin? Um, man, I wish Eli Apple was still on the roster. So I could pull that uh, <laughs> yeah, him or Ken Crawley would be perfect. Um, maybe on the roster right now, because you also have to think about, like, the good-hearted guy, too. You know what I mean? Like, the guy never wanted to do anything wrong. He was just in love, you know? Yeah. Um, Oh man, I'm not really sure. I think I think I think here's what I'll do. I'll point out Andrews Pete, and here's why I point out Andrews Pete. It's not because I'm taking the negative asset of Krillin as a as a team member and putting it on uh, Andrews Pete. I'm just saying that he's the punching bag, even though he's always well intentioned and things are kind of happening out of his control. I was gonna say I'm a Andrews Pete is more I'm a Yamchuk. Uh, or but but yeah, would would oh that's a good point. Would, that's a good or point. Or would Teron Armstead be Yamcha because he's always basically hurt? Yeah, well, he's need some sensu beans out there to help these guys. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that we're like, I think this needs to be like a separate like like interview down the road of like gonna have to Saints. Uh, well, I'm sure you're gonna wind up starting to write an article, Canal Street Chronicles, about <laughs> like which um, Saints player would be a Dragon what, what Dragon Ball Z character would him uh, a. Would be a right. Saints player, like, like, would Drew Brees be Kami? 
Oh, that's a good one. Sort of the all-knowing, all-knowing being. I like that. I want, who's Mr. Popo, though? <laughs> Who is Mr. Ooh. Popo? I mean, I mean are, are, are we talking about, are you talking about, like, real Dragon Ball Z Mr. Popo or um, uh, Dragon Ball Z Abridged Mr. Popo? Because those are two different things. Oh, my goodness. Those are two very different Mr. Popos. That like, is an extraordinarily different Mr. Like, Popo, for would, sure. would, would Camp Jordan be the ideal Mr. Popo? That would that would work. You know, just a funny guy cracking jokes yeah. all the time. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I think I think we could just keep going on this, but we're gonna drift away from that for a brief moment. <laughs> we'll because, come back to this at another time. <laughs> yeah, we'll come back to this at a number no, another time. But one of the notable free agency signings outside of Emmanuel Sanders, Ty Montgomery. What have you seen <clears> from him based off of some of the practice video that you've seen? Yeah, I mean, look, he's looking great. Um, he's somebody that's getting a lot of work at running back, but they know that they can work him out at wide receiver, both on the inside and on the outside. You know, he started in the NFL with Green Bay as a slot receiver. He's putting in some really good work. He is absolutely, I mean, it's one-on-ones, and one-on-ones are always always leaning toward uh, the offense, regardless of who's running the routes, but he is absolutely uh, contending very well and, and faring very well in one-on-ones against linebackers. Linebackers have a big time sticking with him, as you would imagine. So it's been a lot of fun watching him. Um, you don't really get a full sense of what it is that they plan to do with him in these 11-on-11 drills and certainly not in the one-on-ones. But once you start to get to a little bit more of the scrimmages and things like that that Coach Payton wants to run, I think you'll start to get a better idea of all the different places that he might be able to fit. But um, certainly he's fitting in very well, and he's going to be a nice weapon for the Saints if he makes the roster, which I think he will personally. And we were talking about Andrew Speed earlier. I think that's the real question. Obviously, he's going to be out for two to three weeks. But if this kind of – becomes a more of an issue as a, as the season gets started. What do we do? Do you who do you want to putting in that spot? Because obviously you got mm-hmm. Cesar Ruiz, Eric McCoy both have a history of playing guard in college. Which one do you yeah. would you rather put in that spot? Like in their rookie obviously I think for me it's Cesar Ruiz because of the fact that he is a rookie and I don't want to put him in that spot as a rookie as a center. I'd much rather have like McCoy obviously with a year under his belt. Consider the fact of the pandemic, and I even have nearly as much time to work with Brees. Yeah, I, I think it's a, it is an interesting sort of shuffle that we're seeing. I, I think that whichever one of those two in particular, Eric McCoy or Caesar Reed, doesn't end up at center, will end up at right guard. And I think in Andrews Pete's position, the one that you're really going to see end up there is going to be Nick Easton. Uh, he's the guy that's been taking those snaps so far at left guard. He stepped in for Andrews Pete last season at that position. So he'll probably be the one to step in there. But if I had to choose one of either Eric McCoy or Cesar Ruiz to play the left guard position, I think I would actually go with I would actually go with Eric McCoy, only because Eric McCoy actually played a little bit of left guard while he was at Texas A&M. The two positions he played were at center and at left guard over his la- over those three seasons, over the, the, the recent three seasons, whereas uh, Cesar Ruiz played two games at right guard very early in his career and then was shifted to center after that. Now, the fact of the matter is that whoever ends up playing there is going to play well because the system of the, the way that Dan Rauscher and works with his offensive line and the way that Coach Payton utilizes the offensive line, is always you put in the best positions. But I think that what you're going to see, if Andrews Pete can't go week one, which doesn't seem to be the case, but also wouldn't, wouldn't not make sense if the Saints said we want to roll with who we've been working with in training camp, which would be fully understandable, then I think you would see Nick Easton at left guard and then Eric McCoy and Cesar Reed at some 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 shakeup of center and right guard. All right, one more about the rookies, real quick. Who who has shined for you in your mind amongst in training camp so far? Um, I think it's hard to miss Zach Bond's speed. That's one thing, and his his athleticism is just absolutely off the charts. He's uh, fared pretty okay in coverage in in the one on ones, but again, one on ones are not really a good gauge for defensive players. But the one that's really 
kind of stood out there is actually Adam Troutman. And I know we're not getting a lot of, you know, you're not hearing a lot about Adam Troutman catching this touchdown or catching this touchdown in red zone or blah, blah, blah. But he's actually standing out in the run game. He's willing to block. He's out there. He, he ran into a little bit of trouble a couple of times um, in, in pass protection as well, but he's doing pretty good there. And that's where you want to see him continue to get better. Uh, he's won a couple of those, uh, those reps in terms of getting some blocks in in the run game. And, that's really what you want to see in terms of being able to get him out on the field as early as possible. The more that he's able to show that he can block, the earlier he got out, he can get out on the field. The earlier he gets out on the field, the earlier he becomes a contributor, even in the receiving game. All right, I threw this question your way whenever I text you to try and get you on the show for tomorrow. So I want to get your thoughts on this. This is something I brought up at the beginning mm-hmm. of the show because I, I wound up seeing last night some of the Super Bowl re-air that they had. So excluding the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. What's one Saints game that you could rewatch multiple times and never get tired of? And what's one game that you wish you could never watch again and basically gets removed from the archives of the NFL forever amongst Saints games, obviously? Oh, that's a really good one. Um, I think sticking with games that are more recent, I mean, I think an obvious answer for the game I never want to see again is the NFC Championship game in 2018. Manila, no call. It's a very easy one. But, you know, there's a lot of, pre-2006 games and certainly from 2014 to 2016 games that I think we could all do better off, fare better off and forgetting. Uh, so there's a, a big blend there, but I'll stick with uh, the, one of the more recent in the 2018 NFC Championship game. And then in 2017, there was that outstanding game for the Saints where they beat Washington at home, the big comeback victory. They were down 15 points in the fourth quarter. That's definitely one that I, get, I, I still find myself rewatching pretty often. All right, one more Dragon Ball Z question because I've just thought about oh, it. Yes, but but more more towards your NFC South rivals, which uh-huh. one of which uh-huh. one of them is Cell? Which one of them is Frieza? And which one of them is Majin Buu? Okay, here's the thing though: they're all the first stage of each of those uh, of each of those villains. Okay. None of them have gotten into the final stage because they're just not good enough yet. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I <laughs> I'm about to that... say some of them have reached their final form in my book. <laughs> So some of them have have definitely reached their final form. I would say probably, gosh, who was the peskiest? I think that Majin Buu is probably the peskiest one. So I would put him as, uh, oh, but he's also, oh, okay. Freeze is the most annoying, so I'm going to make him, I'm going to say that he and Matt Ryan are. are yes. Good. I'll say I'll say that Tom Brady is Cell uh, because Cell was kind of like, you know, the the biggest macho guy that was out there and also was, I think, extraordinarily overrated uh, as a villain, but still a very good villain. So I'll put him there. And then Boo, Majin Boo is is particularly the the final form Boo uh, was probably one of my favorite villains. So I'll put him as Teddy Bridgewater. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. So I'm like, I'm like, can we just somehow say just, just for giggles and grins, who would be Mm -hmm. the Ginyu force of the NFL? Uh, can we? Can we just? Does it have to be players? Because if it's not I mean, it could be a team, you know. I would, yeah, I was going to say. I think the the Adam Gase led New York Jets yes. have made a pretty strong claim. <laughs> yes, I I wholeheartedly agree with that one, Ross. Thank you so much for coming on, my man. I think we need to have, we need to collab on the Locked On Saints podcast and do an entire yes. episode just on which players we drag Ball Z characters. Oh, it's happening! It's happening! Do not worry about it, man. Absolute pleasure. I had a blast with you today. All right, Ross, thank you so much for coming on, my man. We'll definitely get that thing going. You can follow him on Twitter at Ross Jackson Nola. That interview took a very different turn compared to what I expected it to. I bring a fusion dance, and then we just keep going off on the DBZ tangent. 
And I'm sure that interested maybe like all of like three listeners on the show that know exactly what we were talking about. But we'll take a quick time out, wrap up the show. I got one more take in me, and we'll get to it next. And it's actually about that question that I posed to Ross. Not about DBZ, but about the game I'd rather watch and what game I'd rather forget about forever. Back after this on 103.7 The Game and 103.7thegame.com. You can do it when you're cooking up dinner. You can do it when you're making a sandcastle. You can do it when you're making love. Just don't get caught. Mom? No matter where you are or what you're doing, you can listen to our live stream. So just tune us in on the free 1037 The Game Radio app, available in your app store. Stan's Auto Center in Lafayette is where your ride goes to get better. Since 1977, Stan's has serviced and repaired way over 100,000 vehicles. Why is that, you ask? I'll tell you. Stan's works on domestic and imports. Stan's welcomes extended warranties. Plus, Stan's is family-owned and family-trusted. Don't leave your ride or its precious cargo in danger. Take it into Stan's Auto Center, corner of Johnson and Doucet, and tell them Louis Prejean sent you. There is nothing more important for your garage door's health than lubrication. Lubing the moving parts on your door reduces friction, reduces wear and tear, reduces the money you spend, which reduces headaches. By the way, don't use WD-40. Use a spray specifically for garage doors. For more great ideas, visit AcadianaGarageDoors.com. Doing business in the summer of 2020 is a little bit different than it has been in the past. Here's Ty Grineau with Acadiana Garage Doors. There's a lot of people that are emotional right now. What I've learned is try and have mercy with everybody because you don't know what they're dealing with. That's That's been a struggle. It's been interesting. So we've learned to give a lot of grace in this time as well. We've got customers that are stressed and, you know, we can't get out there today. Can we get out there tomorrow? And we do our best to meet those needs and, and be as understanding and, and calm. And, and like I said, give grace in areas where it's needed. People are just in tough spots right now and, and filled with a lot of emotion. Acadiana Garage Doors and AcadianaGarageDoors.com. The Ride for Rocks has been rescheduled for Saturday, August 29th. The Ride for Rocks is an all-road bike ride through St. Landry Parish dedicated to the memory of Roxanne Richard. Sign up now at latrail.org. The start and finish lines are at Bayou Test Brewery. Ride as little as 9 miles or up to 72 miles. Enjoy food and music after the ride. Bike rentals are available through the trail office. The trail office is also looking for volunteers to help with this event. Get free food and a shirt. Sign up at latrail.org. With the real estate market evolving, realtors stand ready to help. Realtors are an expert voice of reason in changing times, and they're working in new ways to guide you through virtual showings and safe closings, to be your ally in the fight for mortgage relief, to understand a neighborhood the way no algorithm can. That's the role of a realtor. This is a real estate season like no other, and realtors are ready. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. Are you down with RP3? Do you need more RP3? Then make sure to check out RP3's weekly podcast, The Rap Game. Available at 1037thegame.com or to download at Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3, tackles the hot topics of the day from the sports world, as well as discussing music, movies, and more. So, if you need a little more RP3 in your life, then download the Rap Game Podcast today. 
just before we close up shop here on 1037 The Game. The famous CD is looking to fire off one more take before dropping the mic. Is it going to be a hot one? Or is it going to be one he'd like to take back six months down the road? Let's listen in and find out. For me, you know, I was thinking about it all day long when I was watching the the Saints Super Bowl. Is what game besides that would I want to watch over and over again? And I gave myself an out in this one, so I'll explain that in a moment. But it was more importantly, what game outside of the NFC title game from 2018 do I want to just erase from the memory banks forever and just make sure it never pops up in the archives? For me, it's two iconic games. One being the 2009 NFC title game. I want that wipe, want that to be played forever and ever on a loop because it's that damn good. It was probably one of the most entertaining games in Saints history. And I had the fact that pigs have flown. You saw the game go into overtime. Garrett Hartley gets the game-winning kick. I'd probably also say the Rebirth game is in there. I'd probably say a lot of other really fun games. I mean, the Saints win their first ever playoff game against the Rams at the turn of the millennium. I'll also throw in, just for good measure, for a game that I'd much rather have wiped from my memory banks, the River City Relay. I'd like to have that one wiped from my memory banks. If only because, if I could wipe away one play, and have some sort of like alternate Snyder cut ending. That would be a game I'd like like to see have a Snyder cut where the where the Saints do win that game and miss out on the playoffs. But still, I just don't want to re see that play ever again. To be honest with you. But but another game, I'd say the Minneapolis Miracle, the Minnesota Miracle Man. I'd love to just not see that game ever again in my lifetime. I'm sure there's a lot of you out there that would agree with that statement wholeheartedly. But that's my one final take of the show. Appreciate you listening in. In case you missed it, we have, we'll have them up before long. Our interviews with Ryan Whitledge of the Blazer Tag Podcast and also our interview with our guy, Ross Jackson, Locked on Saints Podcast, Canal Street Chronicles. And trust me, both those interviews were a ton of fun. But I'm out of here. Be back with you next Saturday. Make sure you listen in to 103.7 The Game. Keep it locked right here because we've got all kinds of great stuff coming up, including and I have to say, we got this coming up, and that is involving the Houston Astros, San Diego Padres, Game 2, 8-10 first pitch, 7-35 pregame. And, of course, right here on 103.7 The Game is where you can hear all, and I mean all, of the action. So take it easy, everybody. Have a good weekend. Sports Station. This is...